Welcome to the Toward Wholeness podcast, hosted by Richard Dahlstrom and Abby Odio. In a post-Christian world where the image of Christ is often distorted, we offer thoughtful conversation and practical steps towards whole life transformation. For additional resources, please visit our website at wholenesspodcast.org. Welcome everyone to the Towards Wholeness podcast, where we're inviting people to pursue wholeness spirit, soul, and body, and try to provide people with tools that will enable them to move toward that end. I'm delighted today to have, as a guest, sort of, but not really a guest, I want to introduce to you my co-host, Abby Odio. And so, Abby, welcome today. Thank you. It's good to be here. We're doing this remotely. Uh, Where are you today, by the way? I am up in the mountains uh, in Washington State. I'm in the the Northern Cascades, close to Leavenworth. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. We've got a little cabin up here. So we've been kind of holed up, um, working remotely and staying away from other people, connecting online, kind of the the way of the world now, I guess. But I'm in the the Central Cascades, about 70 miles south of you as the bird flies, but about 110 miles as the car drives, I think. (laughs) So, I've uh, done that drive. It's surprisingly long <laughs> from past to past. Beautiful but long. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Abby, uh, would you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up landing in Washington State and what you do so that we can get a framework here for our conversation? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Richard. And thanks for... Um, being on this journey with me. It's been, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, so yeah, I grew up, I am a Washington state native. I grew up in a small town on the West side called Centralia, Washington, uh, halfway between Portland and Seattle. Um, it's kind of one of those communities where if you blink, you miss it, but it was a really sweet place to grow up in a lot of ways. Um, and I, uh, you know, I went, I went to college in Seattle. I graduated, lived first 18 years of my life in the same community, graduated, uh, actually attended college at Seattle Pacific university. Many of our listeners will be familiar with that spot. And then I, um, I graduated 2009. I knew kind of, I can talk a bit more about this, but had a general sense that, um, I wanted to pursue ministry in a vocational capacity, thought that would mean um, teaching in a university setting, perhaps uh, theology. So I kind of packed my bags and I headed down to California. I did a year long internship at a church there. And that's where I really discovered that um, kind of a profound love for the church, I would say, and the local church and what the kind of calling is there um to be to be a force of light in in the world and in our cities and um so that was a a profound year for me after college and then I ended up going to seminary in southern california so I s- sort of worked my way down the coast um did seminary got my masters in divinity actually went back to that same church and pastored a young adult community there for several years. Um, met my husband, Sam, uh, in that, during that kind of window of time through that ministry that I was working with. Um, we got married, 
the short version is the the honest version is we had a baby and we needed to be closer to family and so started uh looking back up here at the northwest as an option and um yeah and moved back up just a couple years ago now so i've been that's when i um found the role at bethany we both just loved the community. I had been a part of Bethany Community Church as a college student. And so the opportunity to come back and um, join the team and and, uh, be a part of what God's doing here was kind of a delightful turn of events for which we are both very grateful and continue to be grateful for, I would say, uh, the more we get to know kind of the family that is Bethany. And um yeah, so that's that's where we are now. We have two little ones. One is two and a half, and I have to tell you that this quarantine has <laughs> really, uh, he, he has been a, um, I would say God has used my two and a half year old as a point of spiritual formation in my life <laughs> over oh, the last yeah. several weeks. And then we have a, a four month old as well. Um, his name is Fritz. My two, two year old's name is Mark. Um, and so there's been a lot of joy there, a lot of adjusting there as we've kind of gotten to know this new normal, but, um, yeah, that's our family and that's That's where we are today. Yeah. It's been, uh, marvelous having you on the team at Bethany community church where you and I serve together. And, uh, just to, to, as we, as I've gotten to know you, to know your love for the church mm. uh, and, and that comes through in your teaching and in your, mm. in your presence and mm. I appreciate that and yeah. I would add a kind of love for the church and yet right? right there's this thing where you and I both know people who are profoundly disillusioned with mm-hmm. institutional Christianity uh, we're of different generations sure. uh, many in your generation yep. uh, I, like I hear all the time hey I'm I'm fine with Jesus, but I don't really want anything to do with the church. Yes. Tell me how that aspect of your generation has informed the vision behind this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. One of my professors in seminary would always say uh, his dad had wanted nothing to do with religion. He would tell this story and he his dad's quote was, um, religion takes great things and makes them small. Mm. And, um, when you ask that question, that's, that automatically pops into my head because I think certainly Christianity, certainly evangelical Christianity, certainly evangelical Christianity in America, we've, we've been guilty of that. And I've been guilty of that in, in moments, um, as a, as a person who's a leader in a church context, but I think the, the primary sentiment, if I could kind of sum it up as I've worked in kind of the young adult context and with that generation that you're talking about, there's a few things going on, but, but one of them really is the church has sort of these various communities have kind of taken, um, taken uh, their own agenda and projected it on to this God that we worship. And so, um, you know, I assume God votes like me. I assume God looks like me. I assume, uh, God, uh, endorses the same rules that I want to endorse often at a 
a sense of fear rather than a sense of, um, you know, freedom that is, and so it ends up creating a community, not where transformation and, and that fullness that we read about in John 10, 10, you know, the, um, the full life that, that ends up not being so much the, the focus of a community, um, or this, this big mysterious God who invites us into it, but rather these are the boundaries that we've drawn. And right. if you want to be a part of, of who we are, then you'll, um, then you'll, there's a real behavioral focus, right? Then you'll, then you'll follow these, um, behaviors you'll adopt this way of being and thinking in the world and it's i think for a lot of folks it's just felt really oppressive um because in in addition to that there's the sense that if i violate this way of thinking or if i if i don't enact these behaviors or if i if i cross a boundary that i'm not supposed to cross then somehow i've i've fallen from the grace and goodness of god and it's not a grace or goodness of God that they've ever really known <laughs> because, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because of the way that um, uh, kind of this rule-based theology has been so emphasized. And so, again, I think we've taken this, this great invitation that speaks to every human heart. I truly believe that we all long for wholeness and, and we see that so profoundly in, in the various movements of our day, you know, whether it be right. soul cycle or <laughs> CrossFit or yep. um, it's that, that people just long for a place to belong and a long for a place where they're told, you know, you're, you're, you're enough, you're, you're okay. And so often that has not been the narrative of, uh, that's not been the invitation of evangelical Christianity. And it's heartbreaking because that's where the, the narrative of this God starts in Genesis one is with this, this profound declaration that, you're very good <laughs> and that there's a God yeah, who, right. who cared enough about you to create you in love and instill his spirit in you. And so I think that that's a kind of a long wind, winded answer to the question, but it's a um, good answer though. I, I, you know, and I think where, where you and I intersect on this, I, I would articulate a bit differently, but I, my complaint for years has been uh, that within the evangelical community, there's, there's two things that have uh, uh, made the playing field a lot smaller, to use your, sure. your quote. One is uh, this fixation with uh, justification so that our eternal destiny is, is changed. Yes, absolutely. And like uh, when I grew up, my disillusionment with the church began uh, – as a high school kid where every Sunday that was the message. Yes. And so there was a thing of, of receive Christ as your savior so that you don't go to hell. And uh, that may, that may be a starting point though. We could have different discussions about the atonement sure. at a different time. But, uh, but even if that's a starting point, it's only a starting point. It's not, it's not the point. Right. The point as I've come to discover through my own journey is uh that there's a there's a wholeness and a beauty and a companionship mm-hmm. and, and this spacious story and gifts are given to us and we can live lives wide open with wonder and this is really the hope uh, that we can help people in this podcast move toward 
that kind of wholeness. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing. And then yeah, and to- I would say, just to add on to that, if I may, I I totally agree with that with the the reality of the brokenness of the human story. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, we get to Genesis three and things fall apart really quick. And I think my it's not the it's not that I think justification doesn't have a place in the the Christian story. Right. I, I absolutely believe it does. But I do think we, in the same way that you experienced in, in your church growing up, Richard, there's this, we, we talk about that, we hit people over the head with it as if they're unfamiliar with it. Right. And as if they need to be convinced that there's something wrong. And I think yeah. you spend five minutes listening to anyone's story and whether or not they're a person of faith or not, that's the part we get. <laughs> well, I was Go just going to say, when I was in architecture, my, my friend in, in uh, school uh, who kind of helped bring me back to faith, mm. he, said, he said, hey, most people I meet, 99% of the people I meet don't need to be told how bad they are. Right. They already know that. Right. They, need, they need to be invited into something right. that can lead them into this spacious place yeah. And we often start with this guilt hammer yep. that is off-putting to people, right. and that beca- that creates a caricature. Yep. So, yep. yeah, I agree. My my other complaint uh, is uh, recently is that uh, uh, when I travel in Europe, people consistently say to me, "Why is evangelical Christianity yoked so heavily to one political right. construct?" and yep. And I, I really uh, don't know the answer. And in saying that, I'm not advocating that uh, all the Christians are in this party or that party, but advocating that uh, the kingdom of God is what we should be talking about mm-hmm. as Christ followers, not yes. a particular political party. Right. So uh, to the extent that we get uh, labeled as you know, red or, or blue, mm-hmm. yes. uh, then if, if we're labeled blue, all the red people aren't interested. If we're labeled red, all the blue people aren't interested. Right. And uh, the kingdom of God isn't red or blue. And in fact, wherever we are on that political spectrum, the, the God's ethic is going to challenge us and, right. and move us into, right. into this more spacious view. Right. Well, and I think this is where, this idea of projecting our agenda onto God, we've seen it play out so profoundly in the history of our nation and our, the recent history of our nation too, I would say, evangelicals binding themselves to the Republican Party. But I think you're right. I think it, there's, there's a version of progressive Christianity that's done the same thing with the Democratic Party. And yep. regardless of where we land, I, I absolutely think there is an ethic that Jesus lived that invites us not to projection and not to, to reading our own hopes and wants and convictions into the story, but of opening ourselves up and actually listening. And, and I've, I've loved this found folks who are part of the red party and found folks who are part of the blue party who, who continue to surprise me when we make ourselves open to not reading our hopes and wants into into the biblical narrative, but actually saying, "Okay, Jesus, 
what is it that your kingdom has to speak into this moment in my own story, but also the story of, of my community and, and my nation? And how do, how do I live into that faithfully? And I think when we do that, we find that our, our highest loyalty will, will always be God's kingdom. And that will always, <laughs> our, our, our political party will fall secondary to that. And, yeah. um, Exactly. I'm always encouraged when I find that in people and challenged by it, I have to say personally too, because it's so easy to be sucked into this really dichotomous place we are, chapter we are in our nation's history. Yes, so. that's right. Well, that, that pivots well, I think, to uh, my, my next question for you, because as we're in the midst of a mm. uh, viral crisis, uh, all of us are stuck at Absolutely. home. Many yeah. of us are uh, scrolling through our social media feeds and uh, find ourselves feeling <laughs> helpless or angry or cynical yep. or, or there's a lot yep. of blame, a lot of conspiracy theories. Yep. So I'm just curious from your perspective, you're coming, you're coming out of maternity leave <laughs> and getting back onto this podcast right in, right in the middle of this current crisis. How sure. do you think the current crisis uh, informs the vision for the Towards Wholeness podcast. Sure. You know, it's funny, uh, Richard, because I think one of our values that you and I have certainly talked about is this notion that any any terrain, any circumstances, anything that comes up in life can be the grounds on which uh, God transforms your life and your story and your soul, really. We've talked about that quite a bit kind of leading up to this moment. <laughs> and now I find myself sort of eating those words somewhat because <laughs> I'm having to to remind myself of that very truth that God can can use this to shape me into a person who more reflects his character. And also there's a part of me that very much is fighting that <laughs> because it, yeah. it it feels really hard and it um, I've had to relinquish my expectation of expectations of what I thought, you know, this spring and summer would look like. And, you know, for, for me, I'm, if you're, if you listeners are familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a three on the Enneagram, which without going into detail on that simply means that I, I really like to be productive and almost doing that in a kind of a performance capacity really is sort of the dark underbelly of that. And so it's been difficult given I was very much looking forward to getting back to work. Then, you know, obviously this this tragedy has struck our nation and our world. And I find myself now at home spending long days with, uh, with Mark and Fritz. And then there's on top of that kind of this layer of anxiety for all of us, which is we don't know how long this will be. There's, there's not necessarily a finish line on it. I've had some folks who are really close to me actually get sick with COVID. My sister works in healthcare and she tested positive wow. uh, a few weeks ago. And then shortly thereafter, uh, someone who's very close with our family also tested positive and has factors that put her in the high risk category. So it's just, it's just been this um, for all of us, I, it, this unique kind of convergence of circumstances and, in addition to just kind of the moment to moment difficulty, there's been this layer of anxiety kind of floating above (laughs) throughout. And so of course, doing, doing my best to ask this question, what is, what is the opportunity here? What is the invitation here? And, 
if, if I'm being honest, Richard, I think a lot of it has just been taking moments to lament, especially with this friend of ours who my sister had a more mild version of COVID, but my, our, our good friend, I mean, it, it was really life or death uh, for her for, for a few days there. And so just lamenting the kind of the anger and the frustration and the whys and, and taking time to be honest with God in that, you know, I think that's been a big piece. I would say the second piece of it too, then has been not, you know, if we think of this, this season as kind of like a Titanic experience, right? Where it feels like the ship is going down. I don't, I don't think the ship is going down to be clear, but (laughs) I don't think this is going to wipe us all out. But I, but if, it's, it is certainly hard. It is certainly disorienting. And I think I have this tendency to um, catastrophize that and, and feel just totally out of control. And that overwhelms me, you know, especially mm. with some of the, the news and the headlines that have been, we've been seeing. Uh, I heard this on a, a podcast recently, but the, uh, a friend said to me, don't focus on the ship going down and what you need to do to save the ship. Cause you're, you're not going to save the ship, but think about what you can control is who you are on the ship right now. Right. <laughs> like, right. Who will you be? You know what? And for some reason that God has used that the last several weeks, the last couple weeks really for me as I've, because I can't, I can't control the, the way that this virus will go or, you know, what our national response will be, but I can control how I talk to my kids, you know, and I can control how I'm present to them and I can control, you know, how I reach out to comfort people who are struggling and I can control making space in my day to sit in solitude and, and just be with God wherever I am in that moment. And I can control making a meal. <laughs> like the, right. these have been some of kind of the, and so when I find, when I found myself getting overwhelmed, I've, I come back to that Matthew six, don't worry about tomorrow. Like focus on right. this moment, focus on God is present with you in this moment. Yep. Um, yep. I've, no, I, I completely agree. One of the, one of the books that seems to be uh, making a resurgence right now, ironically, is Viktor Frankl, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Oh, interesting. Because sure. uh, this, this guy wrote from uh, Auschwitz, I believe it was, but from one of the camps, and uh, he essentially said what you're saying. He said, look, I can't control anything other than my response moment to moment, but I can control my response moment to moment. And so I love that you're um, in that frame. And I think uh, that's kind of what we're trying to do here at this Towards Wholeness podcast is provide people with tools for this moment by moment journey, because we don't, we don't know, what the world looks like on the far side of this particular right. crisis. But we do know that whatever the world looks like, mm-hmm. the opportunity to be a person of hope and to find meaning mm-hmm. and to find hope and beauty remains. And so uh, Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you on the, on yeah. the journey. And, and I think uh, one of the things that, you know, I say this as someone who hasn't experienced tremendous loss in this. And I want to, so I say this with sensitivity that 
I know there are people who are, you know, just in, in really dire places right now. And I don't think God is, God is having this happen so that, you know, we can learn a lesson. But one of the things this has exposed for me is that I live with a sense that I am in control, even in the best of times. And that's just not the reality. And yeah. um, I think we're all aware of that in an, a really acute way right now. Um, it was theory and now it's reality for all right, of us. Right, right. And, and, you know, I have a friend who is undergoing treatment for cancer currently. And, you know, I was so worried about her because she's in this high risk category and, man, it must be so scary. And, and in talking with her, one of the things that's become evident is she's been living in this reality for a year and a half now that, wow. <laughs> that I'm not in control. So this is just sort of another, another chapter in that. And as we respond to God's invitation in this moment to pursue wholeness in the ways that he's prompting, that God's prompting us to do that, I think it will serve us well as we step out of this moment eventually um, by the grace of God, because that's always the reality. And there will, there will come points for each of us where it feels like the carpet's been pulled out again and again. And, and so we have this, this, this real chance in this moment to, to embrace that as hard as it may be. I agree. Well, thanks, Abby. I, I think just for uh, those who are listening, uh, I'll let you know that Abby and I will be co-interviewing some of our guests. I'll be interviewing some guests. Abby will be interviewing some guests without me. Uh, but if you can subscribe to the podcast, uh, our goal is to every week have somebody uh, on who is speaking toward how we take steps in our lives so that we can live the life that God had in mind for us when we were created. And that is, as we've discussed today, a life of hope and joy and meaning, purpose, calling, uh, not without suffering, not without lament, but in the midst of that suffering and lament, a sense of, of, of purpose and destiny. And that our deepest wish is that everyone would be on that journey with us. And so we hope that you'll join us in the days ahead. Thanks for this conversation today, Abby, which kind of tees up the, the podcast that will be unfolding in the weeks ahead. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. This is everything today. Uh, you can find this at spiritsoulbody.org and as well, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us today and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. 